Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. In today's amazing episode, I am joined by my fiance, Alejandra Hernandez. We take a deep dive into cycle syncing for women, and Ali really teaches us or especially women, how to go about living your life in a way that supports your menstrual cycle. And she shares so much of the knowledge that she has learned on the subject. You can find Ale on Instagram at Empower Change, and that's Empower with an H, so E-M-P-O-W-H-E-R-C-H-A-N-G-E. If you enjoy this episode, please, please, please leave a review and a five-star rating, and it would mean the world to me if you share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. I appreciate you, I honor you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Lucky, lucky me today that I get to bring in my lovely fiance. Yes, fiance. You should see her face every time I say that. (laughs) Onto the show. Welcome, Ale. Hello. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here again. Yes, and we are actually recording this on International Women's Day. So I thought, what better day than to have the lovely Alejandra join us today? And we were brainstorming. I was asking her what was a subject that she felt called to talk about. And she came up with cycle syncing. And I know for me, that's something that's been really important for the both of us to learn about. And when I say learn, it's her doing the deep dives and her explaining it all to me for the most part and (laughs) taking some of my previous knowledge that I I know on the subject. And it's important to us because we know we want to have kids in the next few years, God willing. And in order to do that, a big part of it was Ale getting off of birth control and learning about that whole entire process so we wanted to come on here and talk about her experience what she's been learning and also how so many of these things are not commonly known by women and that there's so much that all of the women can learn from this and also men who have women in their lives that you all can learn from this in order to better support your partner Yes. So kind of going into what you just said, babe, with us making the decision that it would be great for me to get off birth control. And really that all started with me listening to a podcast and it talked a lot about this this idea of cycle syncing, which I had never heard about before, despite, you know, being in health and wellness and kind of following a lot of influencers and things like that I had never and also exercising you know starting I started exercising when I was 18 so about 10 years now so I just had never heard of the idea of cycle syncing which if you haven't either it is as women in our reproductive years living in accordance to our cycle because we have two cycles that we go by or two clocks that we go by and that's the 
infradium rhythm for us, which is all about our menstrual cycle, but then also the circadian rhythm. Is that right? Yep, circadian. Which is the 24 biological clock that all of us have. So I'd never heard about that before, and that's where it really started this whole journey. I had been on birth control for about 14 years, and I would say 85% of those 14 years was me on birth control. You know, I was off birth control for a little bit here and there, but very, very rarely. So that's a long time, and, you know, by the time I was 28, I just figured, whoa, I've been on birth control for so long. You know, I have some friends who hadn't got gotten on the pill until they were in college, and I realized, like, whoa, I've been on this pill for a long time. Um, at that point, I had an IUD, and I just started to really think about what does that mean? What does it mean to be on birth control, which is so absurd to even ask and not know the answer to. You know, we a lot of women are on these contraceptives like the pill or maybe they get a shot or maybe they get an IUD, just these different methods with the pill being the most, I think, popular without really knowing what it does or what it is or what the potential consequences to us could be. And that whole idea, as silly as it seems, it just hit me so hard because I hadn't thought about it, even though I was on birth control for so long. And that's where this whole journey really began. I want to say this was in March 2020. This was really early in this was really at the beginning of of quarantine, of lockdown and began to learn a little bit more, a little bit more, and kind of fell down the rabbit hole, as as you mentioned, fell down the rabbit hole and kind of started talking to you a bit. But I didn't get off of birth control until the end of last year. So it's really only been a few months, and it took, you know, 10 months for about 9 to 10 months for me to get there because I was so afraid of getting off of birth control. And and part of it is, you know, right now I'm not in a space where I want to be pregnant at this moment. And I know that birth control would support me in not getting pregnant, but I was just learning way too much about what it's doing to our bodies. And I had, as I mentioned, been on birth control for so long. So at that point I was like, well, I don't even know if I even know what could be uh, quote unquote wrong or what kind of side effects I could be experiencing because it's been so long. I I don't know what it's like to not be on birth control. Uh, So kind of just beginning that journey of even getting to the place of having the courage and having that conversation with you about getting off of birth control, understanding that we are not in a space at this moment where we want to have kids, that in and of itself took quite a long journey. So I appreciate you also being so understanding and willing with that whole process with me kind of going through getting off of birth control yeah no for sure and you know i appreciate you sharing that and you know being willing to be off of birth control even though we don't have plans to have kids right now and i think that you know a big fear that both of us had it was like okay well what happens you know potentially if you know we got pregnant and that's something that I think, or at least I make up, that a lot of couples are worried about, and the easy solution is to be on birth control, Mm -hmm. right? And with us, you know, there's a lot of lifestyle and, you know, bedroom things that we got to change in order to be able to 
you know, still enjoy each other in our time together, uh, romantically, sensually, physically, um, without necessarily having to really worry about pregnancy. And, you know, I think it's really cool that you've taken the time to really understand not only in the bedroom what are like the good things to do in order to be protected in that way, but also understanding all the other lifestyle variables that go into it, whether it be in regards to your diet or whether it is in regards to the amount of physical work you do in terms of a workout or the mental work of when you are working on your career and your craft. I would love for you to touch on some of those different lifestyle aspects that you've learned about since you've been taking this deep dive for all the women out there who I know in my experience talking about like exercise, for example, who don't understand that their cycle should be a big part of how much movement and physical activity that they should do, but because they don't know any better or if their trainer doesn't know any better they're trying to just you know constantly do a hit workout or a super strenuous workout where depending on the part of their cycle they're in they should be doing more resting more walking if you live in a mountainous area maybe some light hiking things like that so i would love for you to go in some of the different lifestyle aspects that you've seen and that you've learned that would benefit all the women out there Absolutely. And exercise, that is one of the sectors that I feel the most passionate about because it's the one I feel almost the most blindsided by and kind of cheated by. So I'll definitely touch on that. And again, so cycle syncing is women in the reproductive years syncing up their lives in a way that is in line with their infradium cycle, their infradium rhythm, which is their cycle. And the ones that I've been experimenting with over the past couple of months has really been around eating and exercising. Those are the big ones. And the reason why these things are so important to begin with is because with the infradian rhythm, we have times in our cycle when our hormones are very different. And so the same way where we all have this 24-hour clock and we're up at a certain time, usually we have kind of a window and there's a certain time where we all kind of feel a slump and there's a certain time where we all begin to, you know, get tired and get ready for bed. You know, for men, that cycle remains the same throughout their lives. But for women, once they get their first period, then from there, they also enter their infradium rhythm. And so it's important to kind of take into account the way hormones are changing. And it explains so much as to the things that I did that were so ineffective. So, for example, with exercise, there was a time in my life where I was doing hit probably five to six times a week and I was intermittent fasting. I would stop eating by 6 p.m. and then I would eat usually like at 9, 9.30 that that was my window of eating was between 9 30 and 6 p.m basically work hours and was also cutting down a lot and in layman's term I was starving myself I was having probably like 1300 calories max every single day no matter what day it was no matter what part of my cycle it was and yes I lost weight for sure and I gained it all back plus more after I essentially burnt out from living like this and and just my body just gave out from being like hungry all the time 
And so the thing number one that I'll say with exercise is doing the same exercise all the time is not supportive to an infradium rhythm. It's important to take into account the times that we have the most energy in our cycle and the times where we don't. And for a lot of women, even who don't know a lot of knowledge on the infradium rhythm, we all know that, especially when we're not on birth control, the week before our period or during our period, we're more tired. Like that's a very common knowledge. We're more tired. We may just need more time to rest. And a lot of times we're stuck in this cycle of like, we need to be productive. We need to do all these things. Like, why can't I do this on a day-to-day basis? And so we're pushing through and causing more harm than good. So with exercising, what I've learned is in the first half of the cycle, which is after your period has ended, up until ovulatory and so in that first half really doing more things that are intense because after our period you know our hormones begin to rise again it's kind of like we get out of this space that we just shed and we're ready to like come back out and we can in that time period do a lot of these hits or do you know maybe some weight workouts that are maybe like leg day like all of our heart rates get really high up even when we're doing leg day and it's weights so kind of doing workouts that like that or maybe it's a cardio for some people it's zumba or some people like to go for a really awesome bike ride like whatever it is the things that get your heart rate going and really up there really great to do in that first half of your cycle and then once you kind of wrap up your ovulatory phase going into what a lot of us understand as PMS week which is that you know week before our period and then our period as well that's the time where we should really begin to kind of bring in a kind of focus in more on that would it be a yin workout it would be a yin workout yeah, yeah. Um, so doing more yin, but also, you know, things like yoga or one of the things that was suggested too, which I don't do, but maybe it works for some of the listeners is Matt Pilates, or maybe you do a uh, reformer Pilates, although I've been to a couple reformer Pilates that can be super intense. So just listen to mm-hmm. your body and make sure that you're doing the things that you can still move, but also honor the fact that your hormones are taking a dip. And another thing that that reminds me of is when we try to push through and we try to do the hit all the time, or maybe we want to lift all the time, or maybe we want to go for that same six mile run and shorten our pace from 10 minutes to 950, for example, that those are the times where women can find themselves injuring themselves. And I know you've mentioned this before, Alvi, about women injuring themselves um, or, you know, I had a woman that had told me that she, I actually don't know what wind up happening to her lower back, but she literally just gave out. She was in the gym and she tried to deadlift and she just gave out. And she, I remember her telling me, I have no idea what happened. I just, it was the weirdest thing. It wasn't like I was trying to go higher in reps or higher in weight. And it's just being cognizant of where we are in our cycle because it makes a really big difference. Uh, So really focusing in on that. I've been doing, in my own experience, my first half of my cycle, I'm doing weights and I'm doing, um, what's the other thing? 
I'm doing weights and hit. There you go. Sorry. And so my hit is usually without weights, but I know some people do hit with weights. I just do it without them. So I'll alternate between those two. And in the second half, I'm doing things like going for a walk. I'm doing yoga. Those are the two main things is doing yoga and going for a walk. Um, also, if you're feeling up for it, probably not during your period, but the week before, is doing some strength but that isn't going to get your heart rate all the way up you know maybe doing like a slower pace strength workout can be great as well and again once you do get your period it's really being able to kind of listen in to yourself like for some women that's going to be straight up rest like go for a walk just not even like not even alvi's infamous speed walking (laughs) just like a regular stroll in the park go for a walk Um, And if you're feeling up for it, doing some yoga, you know, I definitely think that resting is super, super, super important. And that's something that I'm learning so much about. And at the same time, in my own experience as like exercising and in my health, I still do believe that it's important for us to move. I don't think that it's like, okay, I'm on my period, so I'm going to lay in bed all day. There are certain women that have a lot of hormone imbalances and they're in so much pain and that is necessary. And um, there's ways to kind of be able through lifestyle, be able to support yourself in getting out of that. But if you can, still getting some movement in is so important. Going for a walk, like I said can really support so exercise is like the one the the one piece in the beginning it's so so important for me because it's really really incredible how much of this information I had no idea about I had no idea how how my hormones changed it made so much sense um and I'm sure women can relate to this but like I'll I'll you know diet in the past or like cut calories and there were certain weeks or certain days where I'm like, I did amazing. I counted my calories. I wasn't even hungry. Like, I feel so awesome. This is going to be great. And then another time I would just be like, what the hell? Why can't I eat like I did that other day? Like, I'm just so hungry. I can't stop eating. I don't know what to do. It doesn't matter how much water I drink. And now it's understanding like, well, yes, it's because my hormones are changing. And I literally need more food in this time of my cycle um so in the first half of, first half of the cycle when i talked about doing hit and doing strength workouts and more explosive work like that you also in that first half usually need less calories obviously if you're doing these kind of workouts then from my own knowledge and i'm sure you would say the same like you still want to make sure you're eating in accordance to what you're you're exerting in energy yep. In addition, like in the latter, in the later half, we need more calories. Like if you're someone who doesn't work out at all in the first half, you're not going to need as much as many calories as you do in your second half. And so making like it all makes sense once I begin reading about this. And it's so unfortunate that women don't know. A lot of women don't know about it. And when we find out about it, it's like, oh, that makes so much sense of so many things. And a lot of this is really stemmed from the fact that women in their reproductive age are not included in studies. So studies in terms of like how keto, what are the benefits of keto or one of the benefits of a paleo diet or what are the benefits of a HIIT workout? All of these things include postmenopausal women and men. And so, and this all started apparently because it essentially scientists were like, we're afraid of the damage that could happen to reproductive women and it would risk them being able to carry a baby is essentially where that came from. And so they've just never found a workaround and instead they've just omitted 
women and their reproductive ages in these studies. And so we read all about, like, for me, it was like, oh my gosh. So I read all these things about HIT. I read all these things about intermittent fasting that are amazing. And we don't actually know if it's amazing for me, if it's amazing for women in the reproductive years, which is so many women, so many of the people that are doing these diets and doing these core, doing these classes are women in their reproductive years. And so I'm quite fired up about it. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. And, you know, for all the women that are listening, what, what Ali is getting at is that, you know, the majority of the information that is out there in regards to, fitness you know what workouts are most effective whether it's a hit workout or you know kettlebell workouts explosive workouts plyometrics strength training all of those workouts are typically studied and verified through men so it's based off of the results that men have gotten and also some postmenopausal women so you might be experiencing a lot of frustration that you're not getting the same results that a specific workout is saying it's going to provide for you strictly because of your your cycle and you being a a menopausal woman right and it's the same thing with diet as well you you get to really check and see if the research that you're reading about in terms of what you quote unquote should be eating is if that study was done on just men and postmenopausal women, or were they including women who are still in that reproductive age? Because more likely than not, it wasn't including those types of women. Yet there's never any type of disclaimer mm-hmm. with all of these different, you know, things that are being told and all these different ways that you're going to benefit and change your body and this and that and the other. So understand that knowing your cycle and how to move and how to eat and how to experience life during that time will actually have a profound impact on not only your workout performance, but also your muscle gain, your weight loss, your fat loss, your energy levels, um, improvements in mood and focus and all of those types of things that are so important to the everyday lifestyle. And, you know, I really want to commend Ali because she's been doing such a deep dive into this and I can both physically see the changes or I can see the changes both physically and mentally and emotionally as she's going through all of this because overall she's been handling it so graciously, so gracefully, and it's really been a treat to see. Yeah, that that's thank you. And also, I want to give a shout out to Alyssa Viti, who's who I've learned so much of this information about. So any women that is listening that are listening to this and just going like, what the F are you talking about? Alyssa Viti is a great resource. She just released a book last year called In the Flow. Flow is spelled F-L-O. And that's how I read a lot about this. This is her second book. I did not read her first book, but if you are someone who is struggling with hormones, if you have maybe something like PCOS, some kind of issue with your hormones, or let's say you're not having a period or your period is very irregular, then I, from my understanding, Women Code, her first book would be really helpful and 
and supportive and figuring out how you can better that better your hormones and kind of balance them out I am fortunate in that I I didn't get on birth control because of hormone problems or because my period was really bad, which is another thing that's really unfortunate. There's a lot of doctors putting very young girls on, you know, 13, 14 years old, sometimes 12 on birth control as a Band-Aid solution, as of, okay, she's having really bad period, she's having really bad cramps, okay, we'll put her on the pill, that'll help. And that's happening so much, and it's unfortunate because it's a Band-Aid solution that actually is not going to heal hormones, it's going to suppress the symptoms, and then when the woman gets off of birth control, it's a whole situation of rebalancing all of these issues that come up, and so I was a bit nervous about that. Even though I didn't get on birth control because of any hormone problem, I thought, well, dang, I've been... I got on birth control very shortly after I got my first period. Like, who knows what my hormones are like now? I have no experience in it. And I had heard from only a couple of other women who, you know, told me that they had they broke out or they got very severe mood swings. Like their hormones just got really out of whack after they got off of birth control. And it's this like so many years of suppressing a symptom and then finally it's here because a symptom is a body speaking to you. It's telling you something. Something isn't going quite the way it's supposed to go. These are these are all warning signs that we're then covering up. And then we're like, wait, I don't get why I'm nowhere where I thought I was. It's because we've been covering up all of the warning signs. So I was definitely a bit nervous about that. And ever since I, I got off, I've been very, I've been trying to be super super cognizant of how my emotions are how you know how I'm feeling on a day-to-day basis and recognizing how when it comes to my period like okay how am I feeling this week and really seeing what sets me off Um, and another thing to kind of throw in there is like this whole idea of PMS and period being such a horrible horrible time you know I definitely think that we've demonized that time of our month it's a time that we get to be more reflective, we get to rest, we really get to go in. And if, again, we're trying to go hard and do the same thing every single day and output, 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 then yeah, PM, like when we get our period, it's going to freaking suck because our body's going to scream at us and be like, chill, <laughs> like it's time to rest. And I've, I've noticed that, you know, I've noticed the times, you know, I, Alvi and I had a situation where we went out to go see some friends. I had a wonderful time and I also drank a lot of rosé when I was on my period and the next day my body just completely let me know that that was not okay. Hmm. And I I I was feeling fine up until that point and just had super severe cramps, lower back pain. I just felt like crap for a day and a half and in the past 2 months have felt fine. Like it's not about our period being this thing that's evil and everything is horrible and we're going to have these terrible, terrible cramps. Like if we're experiencing that, it's a symptom. It's something that our body's telling us and there's ways for us to be able to lessen that. It's just unfortunate that we haven't been taught that and we haven't been taught how to heal and balance out our hormones. Uh, So that was kind of my last tidbit on that. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that. And to your point, I think something that comes up for me that I think can be of benefit is 
everyone understanding, but women in, in this instant, that, you know, we're not taught how to listen to our body. We're not mm-hmm. taught how to take care of ourselves in a physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual way so that our body can heal itself, let alone be optimized. Mm-hmm. What happens so often in the way that Western society functions, um, even in medicine, is this idea of we're just going to treat the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And to Ale's point, every symptom that a man or a woman gets is the body telling you like, hey, you're doing something that I don't like, that doesn't support me. Something needs to be changed. Yet when we go to whoever the professional is, that is the person that we are taught to go to when these types of situations happen, they end up giving us some type of, again, to Ali's words, like a Band-Aid solution, whether it's, hey, take this birth control to stop that thing, or whether it's, hey, take this anti-inflammatory to stop that pain and that swelling. Whatever it is, it's not explaining where that pain and swelling is coming from. It's not mm-hmm. explaining why you know your cramps are so heavy. It's not explaining why you know your period is so heavy. So I think it's really important that any person goes into their holistic health with an open mind that maybe there are more answers out there than just the common answer. Mm -hmm. And the last point I'll touch on too is that, you know, it's so important to understand the distinction between something being common and something being normal. And I think in the context of what we're talking about here and cycle syncing and women's health, yeah, it's probably very common that a lot of women experience the heavy cramping, the very uncomfortable periods and everything that goes into that. And because you, your friends, your, you know, your female friends might experience something the same. Your, your mother might have experienced the same thing when she was young. Everybody that you see on TV and social media are experiencing the same things. It's so easy to think that that's normal, but it's not normal at all. It's, it's actually common because so many people are living their lifestyle in a way that's really ineffective for the body, that's hurting the body, that's causing the body to show out in these different, you know, negative and ineffective ways. But because you might see it all around you, you might just think, oh, this is just what it's supposed to be like. And I want to let you know that that couldn't be further from the case. It doesn't have to be bad. It doesn't have to always be, you know, uncomfortable uh, just because that's the way it seems everywhere else. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And Alyssa VT in the book, In the Flow, she really champions, or she really, really makes that a point. It's like, this is not, we've been taught that we will be miserable. And in turn, we are whenever we have that time of the month for us. We feel miserable and then we have been taught that. So we think, oh, okay, well, this is exactly how it is. So I guess this is just what happens because I've been cursed to be a woman. And that is not at all how it how it is. And another thing, too, about, you know, you mentioned physical, emotional, mental and spiritual. And that's another component as well that Elizabeth touches upon is 
a lot of the things she hashes out in her book is lifestyle based. It's the way that we eat and the way that we exercise, the way that we work, which I'm just now really tapping into the way that we work in our day to day has been probably the hardest one for me to adopt. Um, in terms of how our cycle and our hormones changes and the best times, you know, for us to rest. I definitely like, even though I'm having this whole episode with you talking about this, I, I really do find it hard for me to rest sometimes. And I know on another podcast, I talked about human design, but throwing that in there for anyone who really knows, like being a projector, which is a non-energy type, it's so important to rest. So not only am I learning about resting in my human design, I'm also learning about resting as a woman in her reproductive years with my infradian rhythm. And I, I really feel like I've been so conditioned in this society of work, 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 be productive, output all the time that it can be so hard for me to get to that place of rest. So that's been something I'm still really, really grappling with. And back to that emotional, she does quickly point in an emotional piece in her book where she's had a client that she worked with who was having these hormone issues. I forget exactly which um, maybe PCOS, but I'm not exactly sure. And that even after they did a lot of the lifestyle based work, you know, they did all of the organizing, the eating and the working and all of these things, she was still having symptoms. And after she really began to kind of do more of the coaching on the emotional side, she realized that there was something going on in her life that was adding a lot of stress. And when they alleviate, when they address that and they alleviate, it her symptoms went away finally and I so that story was really powerful for me because it's it's she talks about the very the science she talks about the studies but she also includes that part of like we are still a holistic person it's our emotional well-being will be shown in our body and um, I had a dear friend of mine who suffered with ovarian cysts I believe it was and before I even learned about cycle syncing we talked about that and she said honestly none of the doctors could tell me what it was they did tests they did this they said I don't know it's this I went everywhere I went to so many doctors and it wasn't until I addressed and alleviated the relationship problems that I was having because she was going through a really hard time with her significant other it wasn't until that finally got squared away and they got to a better place that her ovarian cyst went away and it wasn't because anything changed not even in her diet not even in her work it was simply her emotional well-being went from a place of of stress from a place of resentment from a place of of sadness to a place of peace, to a place of acceptance, to a place of forgiveness. And she saw that change in her body. So kind of to, you know, leave it off that, I think that's kind of perfect. And everything that you talk about is it's it's every single aspect of our lives that creates the quality of our life. I love that. That's That's a super strong statement. And yeah, for everyone that's listening, understand that there's, so many aspects that go into you being a healthy person and again whenever i say healthy it's a physically emotionally mentally and spiritually healthy person and when one part of your life is off it's going to impact every other part of your life as well 
So for all the women out there who are listening, you know, my challenge to you is to really reflect and tap in and see what is your relationship with your period. And do you know much about cycle syncing? And are there any type of patterns maybe that you've seen where, you know, when you're in this part of your cycle or this much time before your cycle, you feel this way. And then when you're this much time after it, you feel that way. And when you start to put those things together and you start to learn more and more, now you are in complete control and have the power to do or not do the specific activities that are going to allow you to enjoy your life and enjoy everything that you're doing. And yeah, I just want to really thank Ale for one, always being open and ready to share, always willing and ready to work on herself. And yeah, babe, I really appreciate you. Thank you. As my parting words, like for any woman who's on birth control, I hope this at least kind of kind of puts in the question of how could this possibly be impacting me and thinking about ways to move forward, whether that's continuing on birth control and just taking more awareness on how you feel or getting off of birth control and starting the journey of really being able to be in tune with that infradian rhythm. And for any of the men out there or postmenopausal women, mainly men, because postmenopausal women have at least gone through the reproductive ages and know from experience. But as a man, you know, if you for whatever women that you have in your life that are in the reproductive years, which is the time that they get their period up until the time that they then go into menopause to really even bring this up and see if this is something that they know about. And maybe it's something they're interested in. Maybe it's not. And from there, really having the patience and understanding with them, because it's something that as a man, you do not experience, but could be incredibly supportive for us women who unfortunately have to learn all about this kind of doing our own digging as opposed to being empowered and supported by our society as a whole. And I appreciate you allowing me to talk about this here on your podcast, babe, because it's it's near and dear to my heart. It's what I've been learning about as of recent, and I'm always happy to share the things I'm learning about because it really helps me to be able to kind of get it in my mind and out to people and it's information I find so valuable. My pleasure, and I appreciate everyone who is listening. And if you got any type of value from this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. I appreciate you, I honor you, and as always, you can too.